everyone, and welcome to God's Little Hummingbird. So this evening, I want to go through Genesis chapter 10 with you. And remember, in this podcast, we explore the Bible, reading it from the beginning and using the original languages to help us understand it better. Now, I'm going to do something a little different today, and I'm going to read Genesis chapter 10 with you out of the New King James Version. Not the King James Version, but the New King James Version, which is fairly similar to the you know to the original language. And then I'm going to read to you something <laughs> that will fascinate you. And it really contains so much of the history of the modern church today. And many of you can see that the modern church looks nothing like the Old or New Testament, but we don't quite understand or put everything together. For example, we don't understand if we're going to celebrate Jesus' birth, then why do we do a tree and ornaments? And where did all these traditions come from, right? Where did the Easter bunny come into play with um, Yeshua, Jesus' resurrection? So all these things we're going to cover, not all today, but throughout this course of our study. But today we should be able to hit on a lot of the origins of some of the Babylonian traditions that are in the church system, which is, like I will point out in Revelation, it says, come out of Babylon, lest you be destroyed in her midst. And it's talking very specifically to the end time church. And we know nobody, (laughs) people don't live in Babylon, Iraq. So we know it's symbolic. But I pray, Father God, please open our eyes, ears, and hearts to your word today. Help us to receive your truth and help us to follow you in all obedience. Please come and teach us now. And so um, with that, let us begin chapter 10. Now, this is the genealogy of the sons of Noah, Shem, Ham, and Japheth. And sons were born to them after the flood. The sons of Japheth were Gomer, Magog, Madai, Javan, Tubal, Meshech, and Tiras. Now notice the word Magog there because you'll hear that later in scripture. The sons of Gomer were Ashkenaz, Rifath, and Togarmah. And the Ashkenaz there um, also became a word that was applied to some of the Jewish people who, who left Israel. So there they have the Ashkenazi and the Sephardic Jews. So it went to, it was because of the regions to which they went. So that's an interesting little note there. Verse four. The sons of Javan were Elisha, Tarshish, Kitim, and Dodanim. Now we know Tarshish was in the region very close to Israel, kind of by Tyr, and then it they became known as kind of the West, and they ended up, um, you, we'll see that historically, some of those ships of Tarshish and stuff actually ended up taking some of the tribes of Dan and those people, and then they went, I should say they went with Dan, and together, they often settled in what we now term Britain and stuff. So those are some things that we'll get to later as we study study history and the scriptures. But I'm just pointing out little things as we go. Because otherwise, when you read these names, it really gets very boring. I just have to be honest. <laughs> if you don't know what you're looking at. So verse 5. From these, the coastland peoples of the Gentiles were separated into their lands. Everyone, according to his language according to their families, into their nations. Now, the word Gentiles in Hebrew is goyim. And it just, you know, and so it's a term that's always sometimes translated as, um, you know, sojourner, Gentile, foreigner, stuff like that. So we're going to read here with how they got separated, right? Okay, so verse 6. The sons of Ham were Cush, Mizraim, Put, and Canaan. 
The sons of Cush were Seba, Havila, Sabta, Ra'ama, and Sabtecha. And the sons of Ra'ama were Shiva and Dedan. Cush begot Nimrod. He began to be a mighty one on the earth. Nimrod is very important in modern religion. People don't even know that he is filling the church system still. But I'm going to read to you some of the history of him in here in a minute. But in verse 8 again, remember, Cush begot Nimrod. He comes from the cursed lineage of Canaan because who was cursed because of Ham. Okay, verse 9. He was a mighty hunter before Yahweh. Therefore, it is said, like Nimrod, the mighty hunter before Yahweh. Remember the word Lord when it's capitalized is God's name in Hebrew, Yahweh. So he was a mighty hunter and he lived. Let's see verse 10, I'll tell you. And the beginning of his kingdom was Babel or Babel, Erech, Akkad, and Kalneh in the land of Shinar, which is modern day um, Iraq. From that land, he went to Assyria and built Nineveh, Rehoboth, Ir, Kala. Now remember, Nineveh is in, well, Assyria, okay, so is modern day Syria encompasses a lot of what Assyria was, and it was a little bit bigger than what Syria is today, as, as far as I understand. But Syria, obviously, the name then used to be Assyria. Nineveh was the capital of Assyria, and they are to the north of Israel. And Resen, okay, verse 12, and Resen. Between Nineveh and Kalna, that is the principal city. Mizraim begat Lulim, Anamim, Lechamibim, <laughs> Naphtuhim, Pathrusim, and Kasluhim, from whom came the Philistines, often the modern-day Palestinians, and Kaphtarim. Canaan begot Sidon, his firstborn, and Heth. The Jebusite, the Amorite, and the Girgashite. The Hivite, the Archite, and the Sinite. The Arvidite, the Zemurite, and the Hamathite. Afterward, the families of the Canaanites were dispersed. And the border of the Canaanites went from Sidon as you go toward Gerar as far as Gaza. Then as you go toward Sodom, Gomorrah, Adma, and Zeboim as far as Lasha. These were the sons of Ham according to their families, according to their languages, in their lands, and in their nations. And children were born also to Shem, the father of all the children of Eber, the brother of Japheth the elder. The sons of Shem were Elam, Ashur, Arphaxad, Lud, and Aram. The sons of Aram were Uz, Hul, Geter, and Mash. Arphaxad begot Salah, and Salah begot Eber. To Eber were born two sons. The name of one was Peleg. Listen to this. For in his days the earth was divided, and his brother's name was Joktan. Did you catch that? In the days of Peleg, the earth was divided, and the word Peleg means division. In his days, the earth was divided. I firmly believe this is when the continents were separated. because, um, And it also kind of seems to go in line with what's going to happen in the next few chapters because we're going to read about the Tower of Babel. Remember, we just read about Nimrod was the leader of that region of where Babel was. Babel, Babel, Babylon, you get it all right. Babel means confusion, by the way, which is why when people like, you know, babble, we say they're babbling when we don't understand what they're saying. Interesting, right? We, we often speak more Hebrew words than we know. <laughs> um, so anyway, in the days of Peleg, the earth was divided. And so when the languages were divided, it makes good sense then possibly if Yahweh was trying to separate these nations, that that is when the earth actually, all these continents actually separated as well. Kind of makes sense, huh? And they do really look from outer space like they go together. 
Verse 26. Joktan begat Almodad, Shelef, Hazarmaveth, Jira. This is like such a grammar tongue twister. Hadoram, Uzal, Dikla, Obal, Abimael, Shiva, Ophir. And the word Shiva there means seven, completed covenant. It's a really neat word in Hebrew. Verse 29. Ophir, Havila, and Jobab. All these were the sons of Joktan, and their dwelling place was from Mesha as you go toward Sephar, the mountain of the east. These were the sons of Shem. Now, this is the chosen lineage, remember, from which came the Messiah, David, and all those others. Okay, so the sons of Shem, according to their families, according to their languages in their lands, according to their nations. There were nations there, again, meaning the peoples, the Gentiles, the different tribes, basically, as they were broken up into different, different kingdoms. So these were the families of the sons of Noah, according to their generations in their nations. And from these, the nations were divided on the earth after the flood. Really neat. This is when all of these different, like, you know, now we think of the nations. There's, um, well, at the time of Yeshua on the earth, there was 153 cataloged Greek nations. But, and I don't exactly know the number. I should have looked before I did this podcast, but I don't know right now. But my point being, you know, there's the United States of America, there's Canada, there's Mexico. And it's interesting to think that before there was such a mixing of the nations, that these families spread out and they kind of are what became each of the nations. We kind of just, I mean, it's not rocket science and it's not like a deep, deep thought, but I think we often don't even think about it. And for me, it's just kind of one of those little things that like these families started and grew into their own little nation. Now, I'm going to read you something about Nimrod, some of the history, and this is from BibleTools.org, and I just want to read to you some of the history of this man, Nimrod, and we're going to learn more about the Tower of Babel and what happens in the next chapter, but this is something people don't know. Okay, I just want to read it first. So I'm just going to read Two key figures in the origin of Christmas are Nimrod, a great-grandson of Noah, and his mother and wife, yeah, you heard me right, and his mother and wife, Semiramis, also known as Ishtar and Isis. Now, let me point here, guys. I'm stopping. I'm not reading. Ishtar is the same word in Hebrew as Easter. Easter is the pagan god Ishtar. It's the same word. Interesting, right? Because it doesn't even make sense because the Bible will see in Leviticus 23 and elsewhere that when Jesus rose from the dead, it's called the Feast of First Fruits. Never is it called Easter, but interesting. So let me back up. I'm sorry. Sometimes I have to just point out these things. So let me start again. Two key figures in the origins of Christmas are Nimrod, a great grandson of Noah, and his mother and wife, Semiramis, also known as Ishtar and Isis. Nimrod, known in Egypt as Osiris, was the founder of the first world empire at Babel, later known as Babylon. From ancient sources such as the Epic of Gilgamesh and records unearthed by archaeologists from long-ruined Mesopotamian and Egyptian cities, we can reconstruct subsequent events. After Nimrod's death, which was approximately 2167 B.C., Samarimus promoted the belief that he was a god. Now, remember, Samarimus was his mother and his wife, which is disgusting. She claimed that she saw a full-grown evergreen tree spring out of the roots of a dead tree stump, symbolizing the springing forth of new life for Nimrod. On the anniversary of his birth, she said Nimrod would visit the evergreen tree and leave gifts under it. Does that sound familiar? There's a reason Jeremiah chapter 10 tells us not to do the Christmas tree. 
Go read it. <laughs> His birthday fell on the winter solstice at the end of December. A few years later, Semiramis bore a son, Horus or Gilgamesh. She declared that she had been visited by the spirit of Nimrod, who left her pregnant with the boy. Have you ever heard of the virgin birth story? Hmm. Right? Isn't it interesting that Satan has to copy the truth and pervert it? Because we do know that the Holy Spirit came upon Mary. Um, but here the pagan system that, that Satan is trying to counter with and to deceive people with has to have a little bit of truth. Satan can't come right out and twi you know completely say he's lying or people would know he's lying, right? Think about in the garden. He knew enough scripture. He, he twisted God's word. So here he's twisting the truth. Okay. So she declared that she had been visited by the spirit of Nimrod who left her pregnant with the boy. Horus, she maintained, was Nimrod reincarnated with a father, mother, and son deified, a deceptive, perverted trinity was formed. Samarimus and Horus were worshipped as Madonna and child. As the generations passed, they were worshipped under other names in different countries and languages. Many of these are recognizable. Fortuna and Jupiter in Rome, Aphrodite and Adonis in Greece, and Ashtoreth Eshtart, which is Easter, and Molech Baal in Canaan. During the time between Babel and Christ, or Messiah, pagans developed the belief that the days grew shorter in early winter because their sun god was leaving them. When they saw the length of the day increasing, they celebrated by riotous, unrestrained feasting and orgies. This celebration, known as Saturnalia, was named after Saturn, another name for Nimrod, and it later became named Christmas by the Roman church. So <laughs> I'm going to leave you with that. That is like, oh my gosh, guys, we are told to abstain from things of pagan origin. We are told to only follow God, and we know that Satan is the deceiver of all flesh. So as we continue to read scriptures, and as we've pointed out in Genesis at the beginning, chapters you know, one through three, when Satan was deceiving Adam and Eve, we need to make sure that our, our eyes are opened and we do not give in to the deception, the deception that that Satan is trying to pull over our eyes now and say, well, this is okay. You can just pretend it's about Jesus or God. No, Deuteronomy, we will read it, but Deuteronomy tells us do nothing to worship our God the way that the pagans worship their gods. Do not take the way they worship their gods. Don't learn that way and make it about him. And so this chapter 10 is huge for the history of our, of our whole world because Nimrod was the first one who joined men into cities. He had like this, he was the first mighty man, kind of. He had this first kingdom. And at the Tower of Babel, God actually came down and judged him and scattered him. But Nimrod was very perverse and he was worshipped. And please go and study this. I mean, he was worshipped by these other cultures. And it was right over there in the Mesopotamia area, um, right in Babylon. And when, like I pointed out, in Revelation, when it says to come out of Babylon in the end time, lest you be destroyed in her midst. It is the religious system that God is talking about. It is obviously spiritual because nobody lives in Babylon, Iraq. God's children aren't all stuck in Babylon, Iraq. <laughs> it is very symbolic. And so I pray 
that as we keep reading scripture, you will look at this connection to history and look at really what is happening and what has happened. Because I promise you, the modern day church is modeled after this Babylonian system that I just read about. And it has adopted many of those traditions that we are commanded not to do. So I pray that God will get his people out of that system and just that we would obey his truth. And no, we can't redeem the wicked. It does not say that we can take those holidays and redeem it. That is a modern church teaching, but it is unbiblical and I will prove it. So anyway, guys, um, I hope you have a blessed night. And that was just a really good little study, I thought. If you're interested in more things, I may do um, a history of some of the, you know, just side note things of some of the other histories of the pagan holidays and stuff, because God gives us seven holidays that are forever for any Jew or Gentile. So we'll read about that too, but um, we'll see what time permits for me, but we will make sure that we just cover it. Even if I don't get it now, we'll get it eventually, but I would definitely study out um, the the Valentine's Day, which was, (laughs) which was modeled after this Lupercus, I don't know how to pronounce it. Lupus is a wolf, and then Lupercus, he was um, associated with the Roman god Faunus, and he, it was a really gross thing. So Valentine's Day is pagan. St. Patrick's Day was just against God. It's just magic, and all these things that the Bible says not to do. Easter is the name of the Babylonian goddess. We just read about that. Like, oh my gosh, right? So anyway, lots of exciting stuff to come. I'll leave you guys with that. I pray, God, please don't let Satan like um, steal any of your word out of our hearts. Please help us just, just want to be in your truth and do your way and help us to have no pretenses. Help us to hold on none of our traditions, but just to only do your truth. And please set us free, Father, all of your children. Name your show we ask. Amen. Okay, I love you guys. You have a blessed night. Please connect with me. Thank you. Some of you have been messaging me. Sometimes, and I have actually uh, volunteered to go drive to see some people. Sometimes it, the... Um, some of the questions are really hard to go through over messaging, but we still try. If nothing else, I can let, you know, I can give you my phone number. You can call me because even talking sometimes is easier than typing. But follow us on God's Little Hummingbird Facebook page. You can find my personal. You can message me through that. Um, my personal one, Melissa Schilling Smith. Whatever you need to do, guys, I'll help you. Um, and we'll try to make it the most convenient and understandable way possible. So anyway, love you all. And have a blessed night.